Welcome to the Modders Inc. Podcast number 22 for August 2011. With pride, we would like to say thank you to our friends at CPU Magazine. Computer Power User is a free monthly magazine aimed at people who breathe, eat, and sleep computer technology. You're the kind of person that gets his kicks off by upgrading graphics cards or smashing benchmarks or modding your PC, then, then you really need to check out CPUMag.com. Today in the podcast, we have Dwayne. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, and then we got Vic hanging out over there. Hey, how's it going? Oh, Tony's hanging off in some other corner of the room. Yo, what's up? And you got me trying to wrangle this cat herd. That's Craig. Normally, we'd try and have a special guest in here, but tonight, well, you know, you're just going to get us because, you know, we're that special. We're special, <laughs> all right. We are special. And we have um, special needs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we know that. Me and Tony even drove out in a short bus. <laughs> mm. I don't know if I'd call that a short bus, but more like a banana. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on on Modders, Inc. right now, guys. Um, we're starting to put the wrap-up on uh, the Thermaltake Level 10 GT uh, case modding competition, and five finalists, I believe, have been chosen. Am I correct on that? That is correct. We hadn't actually released anything about this one before, and it's just been going on the site. And What it was about was that they wanted to do the level 10 case, and they wanted to do a mod competition about that. And what they what they decided to do was they wanted to do it, of course, on Modders, Inc., because that's where all the action happens. And that they wanted to take their level 10 and have people come up with ideas that how they would mod it. And then they would take the top five and actually send the case out to people to mod. And that's a $260, $230 case. So that's that's not bad for uh, for free that they send it out to you. They do, right. of course, want them to, to mod it and everything. And, and the work logs are going to be posted on the Thermal Take site on their, in their forums. And it's also going to be mirrored on Modders, Inc. Sweet. So, yeah, they, they have picked the five finalists. And they will be getting the cases, I do believe, either the end of this week or the beginning of next week. So the work logs will start to happen really quick here because they've only got a certain amount of time. I think they've got maybe two months to actually do the mods. Okay, okay. What's the what are the what are the prize or what are the results of the uh, of the modding competition? Uh, the prizes on that one is they actually get the, the case and stuff gets to go uh, to CES and be displayed in the, uh, the the room that they have over at CES, and it's going to mm-hmm. be able to. So you're going to get the the recognition of your case being the thermal take uh, display case. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that'll have all the, the events like PDX and whatnot that thermal take chooses to. Yeah. So, yep. And then it will be shipped back to him. I, I do believe it will be shipped back to that person. You know, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other, the other four get to keep the, keep the case that they mod. Okay. So it's 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 the first one of, of what we're trying to do of, of several actually with Thermal Take on the site. So I mean, you got to really hand it to Thermal Take. Uh, you know, typically they do. People are always doing stuff with you know overclockers or gamers and stuff. And they're starting to realize that uh, modders are a big part of the community mm-hmm. and that we've actually driven what they sell. Yep. And they've actually you know, come back and said, yeah, we, we, we understand that. I mean, we watch what you guys do. So why not get you guys involved? So what they're seeing in here on some of the designs or whatever, maybe those ideas might get into the next you know, case or whatever. Well, absolutely. Because, I mean, you're looking at people taking what you consider a cutting-edge case and they're making tailored customizations to it that may end up being appealing to a large 
group of people, depending on how the voting and the, the, the public work logs go and stuff like that. So, you know, if they start seeing a lot of people talking about, oh, yeah, that's a cool idea, or damn, why didn't, you know, it, or they might be thinking to themselves, you know, why didn't we think of that? And then, yeah, I could see this very easily being a uh, kind of a, a scrum pit, if you will, of, of, influences and inspiration for future case designs plus we've got a, a section in the forums for those that don't see something they think should be there you can post up and, and give them ideas yeah on what you think should be in in you know up-and-coming products yeah absolutely they do have their own section now we do have uh, a vendors section i guess we can say or i think i've actually named it the manufacturer section so mm-hmm. i'm also running that idea up the flagpole to a couple of other people mm-hmm. uh but Thermaltake is kind of the one that is kind of heading this one on the site, and there's been actually a pretty good turnout. People have asked questions or whatnot, and it also gives them, if they're having challenges, or like you, Tony, like you said, if they have an idea, that you actually get to interact with the, with the manufacturing people. You know, you're just not sending out some random-ass email to somebody that maybe it might get them. You're actually interacting with the people that can go to overseas and say, hey, look, did you have you guys thought about this, or, you know, there's an issue, or... Mm-hmm. or Mm-hmm. And actually get some kind of feedback from the manufacturer. That's cool. Yeah, it's a great. I can, I can tell this just by looking at the proposed mods here. Um, they better build them tight if it's going to be shipped around the world. Mm-hmm. Oh Durable. yeah. Yeah, that's a definite plus on 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 the shipping experience. I know the four of us have had enough woes when it comes to having cases damaged in shipping. <laughs> so if if you're going to go with something totally out of the box with a case and and make it bigger than what it, what it was originally, you want to make sure you think about that when it comes time to pack it up and ship it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dwayne, you alluded to something just a little while ago about how Thermaltake is spearheading a lot of uh, the enthusiast contests that are happening at Modders, Inc. Now, uh, there's another one that's starting, uh, that's starting up on the website, starting on, October, on August the 19th, um, which, well, chances are, when you guys are listening to this podcast, it will already be up on the website, but it's an exciting, exciting competition and uh it's 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 again it's a thermal take modding competition but this time instead of cases what's it have to do with keyboards and mice (laughs) so everybody can do that i mean if you can't or don't have a lot of tools maybe to do a whole case i'm sure most people out there can or maybe even have already modded at least a keyboard or a mouse to their liking so it should be something that a lot of people can get into, uh, you know, pro modders all the way down to the beginners. It's it's actually going to be a, a really cool one like that that everybody can participate in. And when you say everybody, do you mean like just USA and Canada or? No, no, this is absolutely global. This is worldwide. <laughs> worldwide. Yeah. So that means, so- yeah, that means that means the. The USA is going to be going up against, you know, the, the German guys over there that have just been kicking some ass with some mods. You know, you've got the Brazilians yep. that are just going crazy with land, the land parties that they have over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 going to be, I'm going to say it's the World Cup of modding right now. <laughs> that's, good. that's going to be cool. That's, good. that's going to be a neat little competition. Now, uh, will the people, uh, how, how is this structured? How would, how would the... Uh, uh, how would the designs be chosen? Well, the gist of it, really quick, because uh, actually all the details will be up on Mars Inc., and you'll be able to go to that and find it. It'll be under the contest page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it comes up to be, you know, under, like so, I'll just go through this really quick, is that Thermaltakes has eSports, which is their electronic sports 
boutique, I guess we can say, or their, or their mm-hmm. site, which mm-hmm. they have uh, audio, they have the headsets, they have the mice, and they have the keyboards. So what they're going to allow you to do as, as a modder is to go through the site and pick out any combination of keyboard and mouse, any combination that they have on the website. You get to pick any of those and say, this is going to be what I want to mod. You take those two, and then you create a design of what you want it to be modded like. You take that design, and you post it up on Modders, Inc., and you give a, an image and a description of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be kind of the first kind of spot about that where everybody gets to see. Mm-hmm. After they get the... Um, I think it's up until September 30th is, is going to be the last day. After mm-hmm. that, they'll take the top 30 and pull those to the side. Out of those top 30, the top five will be picked. Okay. Now, once those top five are picked, what Thermaltake will do is send you the keyboard and mouse that you selected that you wanted to mod. They will ship them to you. Mm-hmm. Once all the, everybody gets those, uh, the contest is on. Uh, you have 30 days to complete the modifications to those keyboards and mice. So you're thinking, well, okay, that's all cool and all. You know, I get a, I get a keyboard and mouse and stuff, but what else? They are actually giving out prize money. Cashola. Cash. And who loves cash? Yeah. So first place will get $300 cash. Well, we shouldn't say cash, but at least $300 in U.S. dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's one way or another, PayPal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, second place will get 200 Third place will get 150 Mm-hmm. Fourth and fifth place will get fifty dollars each. Not only do you get the the money, also go back and get another keyboard and mouse from the site that you get to keep. Because eventually, what they want is after everybody's modded these uh, keyboard and mice, they want them back because they want to be able to use these as like for promotions. Uh, they want to be able to use them at their events, and they want to be able to see what people did to them. So they really want to see how people are going to treat their their hardware and what they've done to them. Maybe it might be, you know, somewhere down the line, your idea might be in the next keyboard or mouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. And that and that actually starts uh, here in like the next day or two, but we're recording this on August the 18th. I believe this starts on August the 19th. Yep. And uh, all this information will be up on modersinc.com, right? That is correct. Under the contest page. Under the contest page. So, folks, keep your ears and eyes open because that is genuinely exciting for a global contest. Anybody can join in. I don't want to hear any more complaining from north of the border. You know, can't we can't we're Canadian. We can't get in on this contest, eh? Well, no, you can get in on the contest, and the Brits can get in, and the the guys over in Germany and over in Europe they can get into it. The uh, People over in Asia can get into it. The people down in uh, Central and South America can get into it. Everybody can get into be, it. So. This is going to be interesting here. Yeah. Yeah, and don't, yeah. don't forget there's money involved. And there's money involved. So That's a rarity in its own. That's yeah. a groundbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Thermal Take to thank for this one. So Thermal Take. Tip of the hat to you for bringing the big noise on this. This is uh, this is going to be exciting. Can't wait to see where this goes. Okay, so um, moving on a little bit further, um, we just got finished with uh, QuakeCon here in Dallas, and all four of us managed to get together while they were down here. Uh, Dwayne, Taz, and uh, Vic managed to 
haul themselves down here to the great heat that is Dallas in the summertime. And uh, we got to hang out for a couple of days and look at mods and go to some events. And uh, What did you guys think about QuakeCon this year? Long damn drive. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't drive, though. I drove. I drove 12 hours to get to your place. Okay, well. Yep. And then I rode for 12 hours to get to Texas. And okay, then I rode okay. for 12 hours back and drove 12 hours back. Yeah, okay, so let's 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 put this in perspective. Um, Vic, what state do you live in? I'm in Georgia. Okay. Tony, what state do you live in? Indiana. And Dwayne, where are you living at? Arizona. All right, now see, I'm the lucky dog here because I actually live in Dallas, so everybody came to me. So I, that's why you don't hear me complaining about this. All I did was just complain yeah, about the heat. Yeah, you had, what, 20-minute drive? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to change that. We're going to have to change that. (laughs) Good luck with that. Um, But you guys actually managed to haul your butts all the way out here, which is impressive. I mean, that's that's dedication. And loved seeing you. I I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Loved seeing you. I look forward to that one time of year where it's like, okay, I get to see three guys that I, I can barely live without, so. It was cool to see you guys, but anyway, okay, let's stop with the whole personal. Yeah, let's stop with the whole, the whole personal business here. Let's talk about QuakeCon. What did you guys see this year uh, that you liked that you didn't like? Lots and lots of people. Oh, you was like, that a like you? or a dislike? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a like. It was a like. I wouldn't say dislike at all. I was a little bit, um, and and this had nothing to do with QuakeCon, but I was a little bit confused by the scheduling of QuakeCon with whatever that cheerleading dance event was that was going on there. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, you walk into the wrong room looking for a QuakeCon panel or something, all of a sudden you got these 12, 10-year-olds dancing around on a stage. You're like, whoa, whoa. Butterflies. I'm going the other way. Well, there was more than just the 10-year-olds, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think you actually had to walk into any room. It was just walk through the Anatole, and that's all you see. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were geez. everywhere. And then, of course, you know, they had the, the Mary Kay going on at the same time, which that kind of fell into. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. We're going to yeah, stop right there. <laughs> we, yeah. we lost Vic a few times, and we had to go hunt down the Mary Kay event so we could find him. Yeah, well, we remember we got that video up on YouTube, but he's never found that yet of him talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was her name, Vic? Shannon? Uh, Sh- ah, Shelly? Yeah. What was it? <laughs> you guys are ruthless. <laughs> you guys are ruthless. All right, QuakeCon. Let's get back to QuakeCon. <laughs> I think, I think Vic had to silence his mic because he's trying to cuss us out. <laughs> that or he had to take the headset off because his wife's beating on his arm. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm laughing so hard. I'm about- <laughs> oh, shit. Stop right there. I don't need to hear any more. <laughs> okay, oh, <I> okay. <laughs> I just, I don't know, Dwayne. I, I thought it was funny that, you know... He almost challenged me to the point that I was gonna I was gonna set him up. 
Yeah, well, he said himself. And I, I just up. can't. Yeah, I, I can't understand that. You know, that he wouldn't think it would be so easily done. <laughs> mm. The only thing I, th- I, I didn't like about it, to tell you the truth, is what we were just talking about. You got the whole spectrum. You got ten-year-olds on one side, and then you got like eighty-year-olds on the other side, and there was nothing in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's there was, was, there was quite a few people. You know, quite a few women walking around in in evening wear. Yeah, but I think they were going to parties or whatnot that was there. But I, I mean, for that were there for QuakeCon, where that's when right. you had all all that age group. But speaking, ah, you just brought up a really good point. I have noticed over the last couple of years, and in this year at this QuakeCon, I noticed more girl gamers there. Yes, more yeah. girl gamers. Females are taking a higher participation level in QuakeCon, which I mean, I think is awesome. And the fact that you can get your butt stomped as an equal opportunity. Absolutely. Every game. once in a while, you need to get your ass beat by a woman, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay, guessing. No, I'm definitely going to take my headset off. <laughs> I'm guessing Craig's wife's in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> you like this, do you, honey? <laughs> take this. Oh, Mine's in bed asleep, but uh, she wouldn't carry it away. So. Oh, my. No. Well, what's kind of funny though, Craig, is that you brought that up. And who did we have lunch with that one that one day, guys? I remember we were up in the press room, and it was that that girl that was actually with a gaming group that is uh, throughout different um, states. In yeah, I can't, oh, uh, I can't remember her name right and, off. Yeah, and I can't can't remember the group I was. Oh, I was looking. I thought she gave me a business card, but I can't find you it. Guys but suck. but there are more of them there. There was a couple of them that that live in Dallas that were coming up the mm-hmm. next day, and she came. But it was real nice, like you said. I mean, it's it's great to see that uh, they're getting more involved with it, and I think maybe it's bad to say, but maybe they're getting more accepted. Yeah. Didn't, you know? didn't, she have, didn't they have some kind of little magazine thing going? Yeah. Gosh, golly, I wish I could remember what it yeah, was. If she listens to this, she's going to hate us. I know. <laughs> but That's, they had a magazine, and there's a certain amount of them had started the magazine. What was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, six of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Started it several years back, and it's been going and going. And uh, you got Frag Dolls, you got Clan PMS, um, and there was another one, because uh, I remember when the Frag Dolls showed up out at QuakeCon two years ago, three years ago, uh, I got a black t-shirt, and I brought it home to Lauren. Uh, I play with dolls, you know, like Frag Dolls, ah. and, and she wore that thing to, I mean, but, you know, you take a look at me, and this will actually shock you. She outgrew the shirt way too fast. And so this year, when I went to uh, QuakeCon, I went to the Glitch Gaming booth, and I picked up a pink T-shirt that was a uh, uh, rated G gamer girl. And she won't stop wearing this one now. <laughs> My daughter was walking out of the room, and uh, I was commenting about her shirt. I said, it looks good on you. And she walked out of the room, double fists in the air, and pumped it and said, Gamers! Rock! <laughs> oh man, I wish I'd have got one of those for my that's little girl. That's, that's my little, uh, my little eight-year-old girl there. Gamers rock! That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm priming my little girl to be a leader in the gaming world. So, but it was cool to see the the female participation out there. You know what? You typically, pardon me, used to always be a sword fest out there. Our sausage fest is no longer. You know, it's it's starting it's starting to become a lot more integrated, if you will, yep. between males and females. And the booth babes weren't bad this year either. Nope. 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 And how many booths were there this year? That's, yeah, that was... Ouch. Uh, yeah. 
that was, was the, the downside for, for what I thought. Yeah. Thought that was been... my only disappointing thing, was the fact that there just wasn't as many booths out there this time. Yeah, and initially whenever they, uh, when they set up the booths, um, it, it seems that lighting was given a, a kind of a, a back seat for the first day. It was kind of difficult to see what was going on at each of the booths until they got some supplementary lighting out there. So hopefully next year that works a little bit smoother. You know, the one thing about talking about the lighting, when we were there <laughs> at the end of it and they turned the lights on, uh -huh. like, God, why didn't they have this to begin with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why they kept the, the exhibitor's area so dark. I mean, I can understand the land side going dark, you know, when you start entering a gaming s session, but I don't really understand why they had the exhibitor area quite so dark. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I mean, well, sure, they mood. had some, you know, demos going and whatnot, but they didn't need it that dark for those, I didn't think. Yeah. No. Uh, it was way too dark this time. Yeah. But, yeah, like like you said, that stuff kind of happens, though. I mean, you know, it, it goes up and down. Uh, maybe next year will be better. Who knows? Hopefully. Yep. No, there, there's a few vendors that weren't too happy with with a couple things, but hopefully things come around and it gets better. Well, what they did announce at the final party, though, they did they did say that this was the biggest QuakeCon that they ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to me, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, uh, I can see it as far as the, the BYOC goes, because it seemed like even up until the last day, there were still people coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was uh, even weird, I think I, I mentioned it was the BYOC. It's like, we've always gone there before, guys. And you know, maybe maybe half or two-thirds is full. Mm -hmm. This but year it was full. It was full. And it was like, yeah, oh well, my gosh. Yeah, I thought that was odd, because when I looked, uh, before I left to head down to, to VIX, um, they were still showing like a thousand seats open out of out of the what twenty five hundred or so. Yeah, but I don't know if that little map was was accurate or not because boy, once you got in there, it was it, it was, was packed. It, it was packed, and what's even weirder, and I I think I told you guys before, is like because we talked about it was in the years past, it was just a free for all. Remember, yeah. you had to stand in line, and you were in their line for, like, freaking ever. And you right. finally get in, and, and you're trying to find a spot. Now you can do the, what is it, Quake Quick? Is that what they yeah, call it? Yeah, Quake Done yeah. Quick. And it costs you, what, 10 QDQ. 15 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I thought it was, like, 20-something. Yeah. It starts at 20 and then they have packages that go up from there. Now, once they started that program, it's filled up every year. I think what it was, truthfully, I think what it was is people just hated waiting in their freaking line. And if you know that you can go online, get your spot, you can show up anytime during the first day, you don't have to rush. Right. You know? And then they were saying, talking to some of them, they said the average person, once you're online and you go through the process, it took them about between 24 to 30 seconds to register. And then you were inside. So, uh, you know, one thing, uh, one thing I heard heard people complaining about was the uh, the fact that you uh, didn't get quite as many uh, free shirts. Oh yeah, they as as they used to. Yeah. But I don't know if I I don't know if I really got a too big of a problem with that after thinking about it because when you when you register, didn't you get one? Or I think we got two. No, well, that was for press. As press, but, but I, I was mean, thinking. What, didn't the the BYOC and everybody get one through their process of whatever 
if you do, if you do a paid registration, you get one. Right. But if you just did the if you just did the free registration, no, you weren't okay. entitled to anything. Correct. And I think a lot I mean, of people did the did did the registration one, the paid one, because if you if you did do that, something they did different this year too was that the BYOC gets a different T-shirt than 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 everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, well, hate. I know you've guys seen it. There, there's years you've seen guys walking out there with twenty freaking shirts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can see where that that'd be a problem for some of them, but yeah, especially for me, considering ninety eight percent of them don't fit. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think I think three of three of the four of us already know that. <laughs> Dwayne be the only one that actually can wear what he gets, what he catches. Yeah, I could have got four or five more, then I wouldn't have had to buy any for my daughter for school years. So. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I'd have been happy. Yeah, my son, my son pimps technical hardware so badly at school. It's such a riot. I swear, I should take pictures of him every day going out to school, saying ATI, my boy represents. EVGA, my boy represents. Gigabyte, my boy represents. ID, my boy represents. <laughs> Here he is. The walking That's billboard. Huh? He's yeah. the billboard. Yeah. It's so funny. Oh, man. Like the NVIDIA t-shirt from last year, you know, crank that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crank that shit up. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. My little yeah. girl. You know, the schools have gotten where they real strict on, you know, code, closed mm-hmm. codes and stuff. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she's actually wore that. The teachers don't even know what it says. <laughs> because it's got the, the number sign in the middle of it there, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're like, Huh? What? Huh? What? What is it? <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> Was this spell shit with a number one? I didn't get one of those last year. No, I, think I, ex- I think it's an exclamation point. No, oh. it's something out there. Yeah. So I said, "Did you wear that too?" Yeah. I said, "Did they not say anything?" No. Was there none to me? <laughs> Oh, That's funny. Hell, I used to, when I was in school, if I wore a shirt that had it in fine print, you'd have to put masking tape over it. I mean, you actually had to squint your eyes to read it. Well, overall, though, I think the event went, um, I think it went smoothly, though. It did. What what'd y'all think about the Rage truck, man? Mm. I didn't win it. It sucked. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that thing was a beast. That thing was a beast. That's what. That's one of the neat things I really love about QuakeCon is the fact that they have a prize that people clamor to try and get a ticket for. For those who have never been to QuakeCon, for the last couple of years, um, a uh, Ventrilo has sponsored the uh, the QuakeCon Quick Draw, and it's usually it's a set of tickets that they give out. No, I'm sorry, they didn't sponsor the Quick Draw. They sponsored the cars. They've given away vehicles. Uh, at QuakeCon. This last year, they gave away a uh, an SVT uh, Raptor, 620, 650 horsepower. I mean, yeah, this thing is like tuned to the nines. And if you've ever seen a, a Ford SVT Raptor, it's already a beast of a truck. It's fast. And last this thing year just, was two GT Mustangs. Whoa. Yeah, one of my yeah one of my friends won one of those. Uh, it it was it, you know it's it's cool because somebody who is an attendee is going to leave with a car and they only give away a hundred tickets. So it's pretty good odds. If you can get one of those tickets to win a vehicle, 
I, I think it's just, I think it's neat. Yeah, and they got the one this year, which was, I mean, and talk about very, very, very often, Craig, is about karma. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that won it this year actually had purchased the ticket, and he purchased it for three hundred bucks. But it was for the, the kids gaming for a hospital. I came. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. basically, so, was it yeah. child's play? Yeah, I think it okay, was. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I think child's play was out there this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, uh, you know, it was the best three hundred bucks he ever spent about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Let's see, three hundred bucks, or and he got a seventy thousand dollar truck. Oh man. Oh, I'd give three hundred dollars for it. And I walked past that truck and I just looked at it, and the gas pedal just laughed at me and said, "Your foot's not big enough." I won something out there this year that I'm actually been using a lot of, and that's the uh, uh, the Gunner Optics uh, glasses, the computer oh. glasses. Yeah, how's that work? Oh, they work great. I love them to death. I've been using them for you know a couple of weeks now since I got out of QuakeCon. I use them at work while I'm at work because you know it's I'm a sysadmin by day, so I'm staring at a computer screen for six or seven hours total of the day, and you know bring them home and I use them here at the house. So what do they do? Well, without going into eye glazing detail, effectively they help to mute some of the white of uh, uh, that that a digital screen will throw up that's really bright and they create a better level of contrast that's more natural and easier for the eyes to digest and it reduces your eye fatigue ah. yeah, so I wouldn't have a headache like I have right now looking at this 47 inch screen with all white <laughs> <laughs> yeah and when you first put them on you know it takes a, it takes a couple minutes for your eyes to adjust and then you literally forget that you're wearing them. At least in my case, I forget that I'm wearing them. You know, I'll be sitting there, I'll be, you know, hour and a half into working on something, and then I'll get up to walk away, and I'll forget that I'm wearing it, and I'll reach up to rub my eyes, or, you know, to, you know, clear some of the sleep out of the corner of my eyes, and I'm hitting the, those lenses. I'm like, oh, whoops, i got to pull the lenses off. And then I pull the lenses up, and then I see everything in its natural color, and it's like, whoa, you know, it, it takes a second for me to get used to it. But I have noticed a significant difference in eye fatigue wearing those while I've been at work wow. and while I've been at home. They're called what again? The the brand is Gunner, G-U-N-N-A-R, and the the last word is optics, O-P-T-I-K-S, I think is what it is, Gunner Optics. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Gunner Go ahead and send me a pair. You know, I'd love to if I had a spare pair. <laughs> They kind of, uh, I don't know, I didn't look at them real close, but they kind of reminded me of shooting glasses. They do, but the shooter glasses usually have a deeper yellow tint. These are, these are. Uh, um, I, I highly recommend going out to the website and reading about them. Because I remember I did it a couple months ago, and that's what really got my interest in them. Because there seems to be a legitimate science behind them. And now after using them for a couple weeks and feeling the difference that they've made, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm a believer in them. Nice. So that was one, oh. of, one of the benefits you got there because, I mean, as we're talking about the of the vendor area, every vendor was giving stuff away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, well, what did we do, speaking of, CPU Magazine's booth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had the human megaphone, Craig. <laughs> uh, you know, they, well, they, they had grabbed, a large crowd. They had a huge crowd. Not a large crowd, but a huge crowd. Tell me about it. 
Yeah, I mean, they actually they actually came over from Quake and they said this this group has got to disperse. It's too big. <laughs> I mean, they ended up oh, didn't everybody. they didn't they have another thing coming up right after right after CPUs and they was afraid um, we was going to take away from them or something. Yeah, I thought yeah. they was having something up there on that stage right right afterwards. Oh, I know Inwin did something right net right after CPU did, but I mean CPU ended up giving everything away from small little CPU coolers to a full fledged system that they had in the magazine. Oh, dude, that thing was awesome. That thing was awesome. Yeah, it was. I mean, it had what two five eighties in there. I think it had the Intel. What was it uh, i seven? I'm sure it was an i seven. It was in there. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a. Uh, uh, the thing that caught me was the OCZ Revo drive that was plugged into one of the bottom PCIe slots. You know, oh, I saw that. I didn't, and I about I didn't see that. Yeah, that was below one of the 580s. So it had an OCZ Revo SSD in there plugged into one of the slots. And then there was like a a three terabyte Western Digital or a two terabyte Western Digital uh, Magneto drive that was in the it was that was in the tray. But I mean, that thing it Blu-ray. Oh my god! And the guy that won it thought that he had won a laptop cooler. <laughs> he came it's to funny, the front. I got a laptop cooler. I'll swap you right now. Oh, I'm okay. out in tears, man. I, I'm serious. Yeah, he came up to the front and he was like, you know, ah, okay. And he was handing me his ticket, and I pointed back to the machine. He goes, "Where's my cooler?" I went, "It's in the machine." He goes, "No, where's the laptop cooler?" I said, "That was the last ticket. You just won this machine." He goes, "Quit shitting me. Where's my cooler?" I'm like, "You just won the machine." He was like, "No way." He was from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Wow. He had well, driven well, out drove. there. Yeah. He did. He had <laughs> driven out there 13 hours. I think he said it was his second QuakeCon or his third QuakeCon, but I mean, he was just, he was on cloud nine and he won himself an awesome rig. Matter of fact, if, uh, if, if you happen to be listening to this, please contact us because I would love to see how that machine's performing for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a beautiful rig. Yeah. It's, it's in uh, their, their magazine. It was one of their, uh, rigs that they used to see how they could bust up benchmarks so they oh could wow it was in the, it was in a white nzxt phantom case and dual 580s it had a uh i think it was a corsair cooler you know it was one of those uh all-in-one liquid coolers for the cpu it's called the dyi destroyer it's actually if you go to uh cpumag.com and you uh-huh. go to the May 2011 issue. Uh-huh. You go to that, and then you go to page number 54 is where it starts. It was called the DYI Destroyer. It has the MSI P67A motherboard in it. It has the Intel i7-2600K, the NZXT Phantom case, two gigabyte. Like, yep, there we go. The OCZ over Revo drive, yeah, 100 gigabytes. Jeez. Mm. Mass storage, it had 2 terabytes of Western mm-hmm. Digital, mm-hmm. 16 gigabytes of Corsair. Uh, yeah, they're, it's like, yeah. oh my God. Earmac, or Earmac, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1,250 watt power supply, uh-huh. Lidon DVD, uh, Antec, the H2620, and the list just keeps going. That thing was nuts. It was it was a spectacular machine. It was. Ugh. It was. It was hard to give away. <laughs> It was hard to hand away. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. That was some fun times. That was. That was. <laughs> Good times at QuakeCon. Oh, well, let's, uh, let's move on past QuakeCon here. Um, 
Let's uh let's let's move into some questions from our members. Uh, guys, believe it or not, we actually have a voicemail. Somebody took the time to dial the numbers. Uh, it came from a site member Sharkbite uh, from ModersInc.com. So let's take a listen to his voicemail. Hey, this is Sharkbite, aka Dave Scarborough. Uh, here's some of the topics for the possible upcoming podcast show. Uh, a couple topics: uh, How did you get started in modding? Uh, you can elaborate on that. What process do you go by to build a mod as far as a design possibly that pops up in your head? What do you think about first painting? Uh, some of the additions you can add to the case itself, uh, lighting, you know, whatever whatever process each individual would go through. Um, next, where do you see or would you like to see modding in the next four to five years? Um, just a simple opinion discussion on that. Next one would be uh, discussion of hardware coming out or rumored to be coming out. New fans, new cases, anything the manufacturers are possibly working on, but nothing's been presented to the market yet. Uh, next one could be uh, talk about each individual's experiences at modding shows. Um, what did you see when you got there? How was it set up? How well was it run? Um, possible improvements? things of that nature. Uh, and on that, I would also like to see what's at, located at the back of the uh, CPU magazine, which is uh, basically a monthly advertisement um, of sh upcoming shows in certain areas for the month of, say, uh, April, May, June, uh, whether they be land parties or mods, uh, just something to get people uh, aware that there are shows out there. And last but not least, Closing out with uh, any potential upcoming guests or topics that may be in the upcoming shows. Uh, but I do think the uh, manufacturer-type guests um, would be a big boon to the podcast uh, so we can hear some of the process of what goes on in development stages, uh, new products that they may be working on, uh, products that they worked on but just never came to market or did not you know, find a market for. So... That's that's about it. Uh, that's what I've come up with so far. So hopefully some of the uh, ideas uh, will be helpful. And look forward to listening to the podcast. Thank you and have a good day. Hey, okay. Th those those are some great questions and suggestions. And uh, let's see if we can try and answer a few of these. We'll try to get more guests on the show, but maybe, just maybe. You guys can tell us who you want to hear from, whether it be manufacturers, whether it be from other modders. Um, let us know who you're interested in hearing from, and we'll do our darndest to get them on the show. So uh, call the line or uh, put a question up in the podcast form. Let us know who you want, and we'll do our best to get them on the show. I believe uh, Vashant has asked us some questions uh, in regards to what what materials do we prefer or feel comfortable using? Uh, what's 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 one of our fallbacks? One of one of our rock steady modding materials that we really like to use? Aluminum, aluminum sheeting for me. It's light. It's easy. It's kind of expensive sometimes, but you can form it easily if you want to make curves or twists or something. And it's easy to cut. It's lightweight. You don't add in a whole bunch of weight to the case. I just find it very versatile for for things. It's great for making brackets to hold stuff in. You don't have to have a whole lot of specialty tools to bend it. I mean, if you got the edge of a table, 
kitchen mm-hmm. table, and you can kitchen hold it, cabinet. And you push on it, and you get your nice straight edge, or you know, there's all kinds of things you can do, and it's it's just for me really easy to work with. Okay, Tony, how about you? I'm in the same boat. Aluminum's my favorite by far. I'm not necessarily stuck to the thin stuff because I like playing with the thick stuff too. Green Flame's an example of that, but uh, like Dwayne said, there's just you don't need a whole lot of tools to mess with it. You can generally on on the standard stuff, you can bend it fairly easy. The heavier stuff, yeah, it's a little harder to work with, but pays off in the end. Okay, Vic, how about you, buddy? I'm gonna have to go with the group, buddy. Oh. I'm liking the aluminum too. I also like copper though. So copper's pretty. It's pretty close to aluminum. It's a little bit softer. A little more expensive though, right now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's a lot more expensive. A lot it, more it, expensive. It, it's it's you can really really make something nice with it. <laughs> you shine that stuff up almost as you can see yourself in it. I'm gonna break from you guys. I'm really sorry to do this and and ruin the the three amigos over there, but I'm a uh, I'm an acrylic guy. I like uh, I like all the different types of acrylic. I like uh, uh, the opaques and the transparents and the translucents. I like the light. Uh, the light. Um, I, I call it light piping ability, where you can actually embed light inside the inside the uh, material and have it follow where the acrylic goes. You can you know gloss smooth the edges and make it make make it like a second light source if you want to. You can etch it. You can heat it, you can bend it, uh, you can get it in all sorts of you know thicknesses. Um, I, I'm an acrylic nut. I got yeah, I got I got more that, acrylic in my garage than I know what to do with right now. Yeah, that'd be one of my second choices. Would be the acrylic. One of the things I want to learn how to use, and 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 Bod, if you're listening to this, you're the reason for this sickness that's in my head. I want to learn how to use styrene. Yes, yes, got my hand raised. Yes. <laughs> Styrene looks like just a really cool material to learn how to properly use when it comes to mocking up and building a multi-layered mod. Yeah, if you're, yeah. If you're definitely if you're listening, why don't you come on this podcast with us and talk about that? Yeah, yeah about that's a great the idea. Next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think he's going to make it in this one. Bod, <laughs> <laughs> hurry! Well, if we pause it, we are recording it. Oh my God! No. I can always right. get a hold of him. We can always jump it in, you know. Say, "Hey, here he is." Mm-hmm. Just had him on the phone. He was sitting right here next to me. <laughs> Call him up. Is that a bod in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? <laughs> now, now. Oh, yeah. there we went. No, but bod, we'd really love to hear uh, about your experiences working with styrene because that is you. you with that Battlestar Galactica mod and some of the other stuff you've done, just watching you work with styrene and foam, uh, that that Tron bike, oh my god. Oh. Wow. Jeez. Between yeah. BSG and that Tron bike, I've I've got... I, well, no, I won't go there. This is kind of a family Thank show. But, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, Lord. Just I, I already had my just, head down because I knew where he was going. <laughs> Just stunning, just stunning. So uh, maybe maybe we'll see if we can get you on one of our future podcasts and you can talk about your experiences with that. But I think that covers what our materials, what we feel comfortable using. But now let's flip. To, let's go to the other side of it, guys. What materials do you not like and why? Plastic. I don't like plastic. It's hard yeah. to work with. Mm-hmm. Cut it. You you more or less melt it rather than cut it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I don't know. 
I my last little avenue with plastic was when I did the the screaming ass mod, and then I uh, took out the top section and filled it in with wooden bondo and fiberglass filler. And mm-hmm. after it finally cured, it kind of left me lines right where I met the plastic, and I'm like, mm. Ugh. Mm. but uh, that's my biggest material I hate. Vic, how about you? I don't think I've got one that I hate. How about one that you dislike intensely? Well, that's different. <laughs> hmm. Cellophane? Your, I don't know. What's your uh, least likable? Tinfoil. Well, no, you like tinfoil because you make your hats out of that, don't you? Oh. Yeah, to keep the aliens away, you know. <laughs> but weren't you wearing one at QuakeCon when you were talking to that lady? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one that I dislike intensely. I don't really have one, honestly. Okay. Uh, uh, anything that cuts me. <laughs> well, that could be all of them. Well, now, now we we were just talking about material. I didn't want to talk about accidents. I don't like to get cut well, either. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's the trimmels and yeah, knights and everything else. But uh, we're talking material. Really, don't like material. Uh, again, I, with, probably with plastics, because when you cut it, you smell it. I mean, there's chances if you screw it up, you really can't put it back together. <laughs> right. Oh, jeez. Uh, and again, with plexiglass, it would probably fall in that a little bit. Because you do have to be extra special careful on some of those things because making certain cuts or or whatever you do or drill because you could be mm-hmm. at the very last point and you just got to make this very last little notch and there it goes mm-hmm. and then split all the way across. You can you can see it starting to splinter and you're just like oh yeah it's like okay there went twenty dollars in a sheet yeah yeah but it's also one of those catch twenty two things where you also got to do it mm-hmm. you got to use it. If you really mm-hmm. want to go over the top, so mm-hmm. I don't like steel, and that's that's a real bad thing for me to say. Being a case modder, considering a large dominant number of cases are made out of steel, but I hate it whenever I get into these cases and I'm trying to do something with uh, either the outer skins or the uh, the inside framing, and that SEC steel is just eating and eating and eating my Dremel discs or completely dulling out my uh, uh, my jigsaw blades you know I just I'm I'm not a fan of steel quit pushing I'm, so hard <laughs> yeah I mean I, oh, snug. you're a big yeah. boy you gotta remember it doesn't take all your might <laughs> yeah well you yeah. have to be gentle man yeah. but no I'm, I'm with you on that Craig because one of the things I hate most about it is is to, to do like on your last mod for the hot rod mod to do mm-hmm. the side panels like that Mm-hmm. And and try to fab them back up. It'd been cool if you could have done a whole panel and got it the way you wanted it the first time out. Mm-hmm. And trying to get something to match up, bend it up, it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, it was it was nightmarish. I was I noticed something while I was at QuakeCon, and uh, it's only because of the fact that I had my case out and I was you know spending so much time looking at it. Um, I I completely missed. Uh, if if you stand over the top of my case and you look down, the scoops on each side are two completely different shapes. Oh really? I yeah, they're com- they're completely different shapes. It's like I mean, from a from a triangular. If you're looking from the side, Adam, from a profile, they're the right shape. But if you're looking from the top down to the ground, looking from the top to the feet, the one on the left slopes up like a ramp and the one on the right is straight. 
It's like yeah. they, they're they're two completely different scoops, and I just looked at it. That was the first time I'd ever seen, and I was like, oh, dude. Well, that's <laughs> without without actually doing a, a full on mold for your panels. I mean, it'd be hard to to get them to exact anyway. Right. I mean, right. even doing my my little vents on the side, I had enough problems trying to cut the holes close to the same side because I made the the grills exactly the same size. Right. And then when I cut the holes, I had to go back and trim one panel a little bit more to get it in. Mm. Yeah, but how often? I mean, you you would notice that. I looked at it. I couldn't tell you that was even an issue because right. I'm only well, looking at one side of the case at a time. I'm not sitting there going, "Well, let me see what he's done here." Oh my God! Look what he's, what he's done this. Mm. Mm-hmm. This one sticks out a quarter inch further. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's points off on that. <laughs> <laughs> calls himself a case monitor i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so yeah oh dude but anyway yeah steel steals my steel is the bane of my existence and uh, i'm 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 heinously impatient i'm surprised and neither one of you said paint <laughs> i like paint Paint's you didn't like it. You didn't like it on that mod <laughs> no i didn't no I, I had i had some i had some colorful commentary for my paint but well, I thought we were talking just about actual it's structural. Material. Well, right. I thought you were talking about just actual structural material. I was now, as far as materials go, paint is my by far my favorite. He likes having to redo it all the time. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, my last brain cell, I love to paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little bit for the case. <laughs> see one of one of my downfalls in materials would be polishing compound oh wait i do that to myself jeez <laughs> okay oh, i hate i okay. hate polishing compounds because everything I, I everything i build mod wise it takes a lot of man hours to do the polishing mm-hmm. yeah but if you'd have just heard the way you said that yeah i thought he was talking see, about you took it the wrong way purpose, you know mm-hmm. no 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 see you took it the wrong way uh, you uh, left you the door the open, buddy. No, you said it the wrong way. That's right. Dude. I was talking about a material for modding. Thank you very uh, much. Okay. That's what the topic is about. Yes, it is. Okay. I love all the fun things you can do with paint. Vic's going to come to the next QuakeCon blue. <laughs> Riding in his yellow banana. Oh, boy. Come dressed as Popper Smurf. There you go, brother. Oh, don't. Don't, please. Don't. I, I was so I happy. I dare you. <laughs> I was no. I was so happy that it looked like Hollywood and the rest of TV had forgotten about those little blue demons, and now all of a sudden they're in a freaking movie, and all the kids are running around with these little smirk. I've got two beautiful little girls here spending the night with my daughter, and they love the Smurfs, and they brought them here to harass me. Because they know I don't like them. They're putting them in my face. They're giving to me, giving to me as gifts or things that I win. And I'm like, oh, you got to get these things away from me. Well, look, you don't like okay, Smurfs? Look, no, look, grumpy Smurf. Yeah. You, you oh, scared oh. of a little blue Smurf? No, no, there is no, there is no fear involved in this. It's just Gargamel. <laughs> exactly. There you go. If you want to put me in that, I'm Gargamel. I'm Gargamel to the Smurfs, man. I can't stand those little blue boogers running around. You got a big old cute. cat to go with you too, don't you? Yeah, 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 I got yeah, yeah. lots of big cats. Yeah. Uh, see there, I knew it. Uh-huh. He's Gargamel. Yeah. All right. Okay, folks, right. if you're listening, you now know Craig's yeah. secret identity. Yeah, make sure you send all those pictures and all those Smurf-related items to Craig. 
gosh. His email address is. You can stop that right now. Let's move on to some questions from Sharkbite. Uh, how did you get started in modding? We'll start with Vic. Easy enough. Uh, just picked up a can of paint and started painting. Nah. Uh, my little girl. I wanted to make a computer for her. Okay. Um, basically, a Hello Kitty computer was the first one, and then I turned it into a Tinkerbell computer. And then from there, I just kept going and going and going and going from one to and another. That's what's sitting on his desk. Oh. No, 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 no. Call of Duty sitting on my desk, brother. There ain't, right. no, ain't no Hello Kitty on my desk. <laughs> All right, Tony, how'd you get started? Well, I, my start came back, uh, shit, I forget how many years ago. I uh, decided to get away from the pre-built HP Dell-type computers and, and build my own, and I ordered up a, a Thermaltake Xair 2, I think it was. And from there, I just started... Modifying it, I, I came across the website where I found Dwayne and you guys at, mm-hmm. and uh, from that day on, it's it's been modding. Dwayne, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? When? Jeez! Somebody wake Dwayne up. He wasn't even listening. Oh my goodness! How did you get into modding? Into what? <laughs> yeah. Into modding. And I who sniffing paint? Yeah. yeah. No, actually, I've got one of those big black magic markers from a long time ago, and you sniff those. <laughs> so I whipped that out. Excuse me while I whip this out. Um, I think he's saying the sheriff yeah. is near. <laughs> if, if any of you guys have not seen Blaze and Saddles out there, then you're not a true man. You oh have to watch gosh. it and listen to it, especially the campfire scene everybody loves. So if you haven't seen it, go on to Netflix, go on to wherever you can find it, and watch Blazing Saddles. Yeah, Blazing Saddles. It's Blazing. Yeah. You, you gotta see it. Whew. Oh, anyway, how did I get started into modding? Well, when I was in the womb, I was sitting there thinking oh, about oh. <laughs> Too far back, too far oh, back. Dwayne, okay. do you have the wine out? No, it's uh, Gatorade. Uh, yeah. No, I was actually just... Uh, I'd been rebuilding... PCs for a couple of times, and uh, just got it to the point where, like everybody else, it's like, damn, this thing's running hot. There's got to be something I can do to cool this down, and somewhere throughout the vast internet, I found somebody had put a, a fan on the on the side of the case, or on the top, and I went, yeah, I got the tools to do that, and started doing that, and it's like, wow, I can do more than that. I just started off doing that way. I mean, I used to be into racing motorcycles, and then we were into hot riding cars and stuff up. So, natural pro- progression for me to got into that. I, I just took some of the skills I had and dumped it into there, and been like that ever since. I've grown like into the legend that I am <laughs> in my own mind. Took your grease monkeyness and transitioned it over to technology. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it, and it's been great. I mean, it's been fun. I mean, you get to meet a lot of great people. Um, mm-hmm. they, they come and they go, but it's it's nice meeting everybody. And once you, you get friends like we've got here, and everybody's got it, and it's something. I mean, like you guys with, with the Austin Waters and stuff. Everybody. I mean, it was where our groups were get together on the weekend mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. do stuff. I mean, you may yep. drink a lot of beer and try and cut stuff up, and it may be successful or not. Oh. Because it may be it may look successful while you're having one beer in the other hand, and the next morning you go, "What the hell were we doing?" <laughs> you were but wearing it, beer goggles. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
but it's mm-hmm. part of that camaraderie that uh, I I enjoy also. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not just the the physical part of it, but it's also just the familiness of it. I guess you can say where everybody just can hang out. Yeah, I got into it. Um, I guess I didn't know I was getting into it initially. Uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, Greg Brando. If ever you're listening to this, you'll know I'm name dropping you right now. Um, he had a, uh, I think it was a mini tower or a mid tower that he had painted with flex. He had painted it with flex stone. So it looked like it was a granite machine. And I thought that wow. was just the coolest thing in the world. You know, this is back when, you know, everything was a beige box and, you know, it's like he had a granite machine. Okay. Now that's just, that's cool. That's easy to do. And so I did something similar with, uh, with, I think my wife's first machine, I figured out how to paint it. And then, uh, it just kind of steadily progressed, you know, after I'd built, you know, after I'd built a whole bunch of regular machines, I wanted to build more customized machines, but I didn't like all the pre-modded cases. I thought some of them were overdone. I thought some of them were kind of toy like, and I was like, you know, why don't they just like it? Why don't I just build my own type of case? And that was where, uh, um, that was where bling green came from was just me trying to put together a case that I thought at the time was my ultimate case and, uh, learned a lot from it and enjoyed it got a lot of good response and a lot of good feedback on it. And, that led to the next mod, which led to the next mod, which led to the next mod. And, you know, and pretty soon all of a sudden people are saying, you know, hey, you know, you've got all this experience and you're thinking to yourself, I don't have all this experience. I've just built a couple cases. But once you look back on, you see everything that you've done in order to build those cases. You don't realize at the time everything that you're having to learn or everything that you're having to adapt to. And what everybody else is learning from. All you're thinking about is finishing the prize. You know, and then once you get to the end of it, and everybody's like, wow, that's amazing. And you're just like, and then you look back at, the, at oh my God, my work log is 17 pages long. You know, <laughs> and I've got, you know, you've got, you know, hundreds of comments on the, on, on the thread. And, you know, per- thread participation from people that you don't know. And it's just, it's, it's cool. You're right, Dwayne. It's, it's, it's very much a, a village type of environment. You know, it can, it's a really nice, close-knit community where you can learn to share and, and pass on knowledge and stuff like that. But uh, that's how I got into it was, you know, it started off as a PC that looked like a, a rock progressed from there. Um, let's see here. What processes do you go by to build a mod? I think we've covered this on a previous uh, on, a, on a previous discussion. Just real quick, guys. Um, do you guys use uh, computer drafting like uh, SketchUp, or do you deal with like napkins and no- notebook paper? Well, for me, generally, I normally just go off of what feels right for the, the specific case and idea I have. I don't generally do any kind of drawings of any kind. Same for me. I just shoot from the hip. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hey. a multitude of, of different things. Um, I tried SketchUp. That is like way above my comprehension, I guess, of easy stuff. I don't know. I mean, some guys just make some amazing stuff in there. I can make a box. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I go with the, the things that I can control, which is like pencil and paper. And then I'll take pictures and put things on top of them through Photoshop. That's yeah. how I do it. Yeah. I, 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 I do I that control. too on some of them. But it's it generally, if it's something I'm doing for somebody else, 
that you know they want to predefine design before they approve of doing a mod. Um, and that's a great question on that, huh? What about you, yeah. Craig? What do you do? Oh, dude. Well, um, anybody who read the last CPU magazine realized that sometimes when I shoot from the hip, I do stuff backwards and upside down. Yeah, that's the August 2011 issue, and it's free. Everybody, it's, it's free. online. So if yeah. you go to CPUMag.com, you can get all the magazines online for free. So yeah. make sure you read that because it does have everybody's. Actually, it has us, um, uh, Rosenberg, um, Darth Beavis, uh, a couple of other guys. I think it's even Bod Acres in there, right? Yeah, I think Bod's in there. Yeah, of all giving tips and stuff like that on on how we do this, but yeah, sorry, matter of fact, that that no, that's all right. That ties in great with what we're going through right now and yeah. these these questions. I mean, because this this whole article set inside CPU Magazine is in regards to mm-hmm. things that we have learned. And what to, how not to do the same mistakes that, you know, how not to make the same mistakes that we did. Yep. So it's a great read. It's, it is a great read. I actually read it from tip to tail. And me, Craig, Tech Daddy, learned countless new and better ways of doing things just from reading what these other guys do. Things that I hadn't even thought about. So it's just like, I, I, I loved reading the article. So I was, I was blown away by the amount of information it was in the article, and I would highly recommend that you guys go. It should be like required 101 level reading to uh, to get a leg up on how to get in this and be good and not just be frustrated. I tend to uh, to draw things out. I'm a big visualizer. Um, SketchUp, I, I, I need to learn how to use SketchUp. I can't, uh, right now, I, I don't know what it is, my patience. You know, my four brain cells are working too hard. I don't know, but I just I have such a hard time with SketchUp. But me and a note, me and a piece of notebook paper, and I visualize a lot. Sometimes I can't even draw out what's in my head. Yep. And it's like I know what I want to build, but I can't draw it. So I start. I'll usually start either with a piece of wood, or I'll start off with a heavy poster paper or yep. something like that. And start mocking stuff up until I get the shapes that I want, and then I'll break that down into its component shapes, and I'll cut it out of the material that I need in order to build what I want. Yep, I do that all the time using any kind of cardboard I can get a hold of. It's like, mm-hmm. like I said in the article, it's it's much easier to cut cardboard up and make a mistake and just add mm-hmm. another piece back on than it is to actually cut the piece of the side panel out and go shit. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that does. Uh, I'm the guy that does the first cut on the metal and says, "Go with it oh. or do it again." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I meant exactly. to do that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, I said in the thing, man, you can mod around a mistake sometimes. Yeah, there's sometimes uh, there's you have to. One of my sayings that it just kind of rings in my head whenever I start cutting on anything, whether it's with a Dremel or with a jigsaw or nibbler or whatever. If I've drawn a line out of what it is that I'm trying to cut out, I always try to remember, number one, which side of the line I should be on while I'm doing this cut. And number two, I try and leave more because you can always take more material away. You can never add it back on because once you once you remove that material. Yeah, that like loom, if you're cutting a window a certain size. Right. Once you've you got it too it, big, you're done. Right, I mean, you can you could you can kind of jerry rig a fix, but it you you lose the continuity of the single piece of material that you have. Yeah, one of the biggest things I I recall seeing done is when people are doing their large windows on the side of a case, and they they cut it looking at it from the outside, and then they flip it over and go to put the plexi in and realize, 
I didn't leave enough room on the back side for the side panel to go back on. Exactly. And then when you yeah. trim the plexi to give you enough room, you've got a gap between it and your metal. It's like, oh boy. One one problem begets another, which begets another, and fleshing it out with uh, with the concepts, you know, with uh, with paper and cardboard and stuff like that. That'll that'll save you a whole lot of expense on tearing up perfectly good pieces of material and real and rendering them basically useless. <sighs> well, guys, where do you think? Uh, where do you see modding in uh, four to five years? Total opinion question. You know, where do you where do you see modding going, and where do you think it'll be in four to five years? Uh, for me, with with the way I see things going currently, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it'll it'll be picking up quite a bit over the next four or five years. Because I mean, it's we're seeing companies actually starting to get behind it, mm-hmm. and hopefully that pushes it in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I know some people have been saying, oh, the PC market's dying. But I think they said actually what the PC market has actually gone up in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see it going away. They may be getting smaller. Yes. You know, that's... as you going along, you're going to go compact. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be more of a challenge. But hey, you know, that's the way you go. Um, I, modding's already progressing now to different levels. I mean, one of the big things we probably all know is console modding. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing now. Uh, a lot of kids are going away from maybe the desktop PC and been playing the game, uh, gaming consoles, and that's a big market. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it, it, could be, it could be that, because who knows, maybe in five years that could be all in one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but but I, I see I still see it happening because whatever somebody builds, you still don't have it your own until you do something to it. Right. You know, it could be a new car, a new mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. whatever you have brand new, and you're like, yeah, but I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do it. So there's always going to be modding. As long as there's a can of paint, it can be done. That's right. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep. I'm gonna put 24s on it, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I firmly agree in the whole size aspect of the thing. I think everything's becoming much more integrated. I mean, take a look. I mean, just over just in this past year, uh, or in the past two years, I should say, uh, with the integration, the APUs from AMD and the the i7s from Intel, where they've got the GPU and the processor on one piece of silicon. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to do nothing but get more integrated and more, and the die shrink is going to continue to go down, and the the motherboard footprint is going to continue to go down. Now, I don't think it can go way down because you're always going to have that need for you know a full size graphics card. I don't think they, I don't think, and I'm putting quotes over my head at this point in time. I don't think they'll ever be able to come up with a way to get rid of a discrete graphics card or a discrete audio card or some sort of audio solution on board that's separate from the CPU that gives you a premium viewing or auditory experience. So that size is going to be interesting to see how they adapt that going forward. But I agree with the CPU and the motherboards and everything. The case is getting much smaller, uh, much more uh, svelte. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing what that's going to be in four to five years. Yeah, I think I think the biggest holdback right now is, um, well, it's, of course, it's the mother size, motherboard size. 
um, you know, there's a few people out there. We've talked to like ASUS and stuff, and who people who you know SLI or Crossfire is maybe you know six percent or less of the market out there. Mm-hmm. And people who do you know try or quad is even maybe is is half of that, maybe two or three percent, maybe one mm-hmm. percent or less. Mm-hmm. But you see it just about most of the motherboards out there you can do or at least SLI or you can do quad mm-hmm. and that's going to go away like you're saying if you, they'll be able to do the onboard GPU and then you put it into discrete and you'll be able to use both at the same time mm-hmm. that's where you're going to get your SLI or your crossfire setups mm-hmm. so that's going to lower the board because truthfully when's the last time you even bought anything to go into a PCIe slot you know like a like an audio card or, or another add-on card you might buy one, if, like most of us in the past, probably bought everything because that's the only way you could get your network card in. That was the only way that you could get. Um, hold on, my daughter. Dwayne. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, what's up? Do you guys see that? We can tell Dwayne's an old timer. Did you hear that ring? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, the rotary. <laughs> yeah. Well, Expanding on uh, something that Dwayne was talking about in regards to the usage of slots, I mean, if you did go SLI, your slots were covered by these dual slot cards because they were right. generating so much heat. So, I mean, you were losing most of your slot coverage or most of your slot ability access. Right. Uh, I'm due back. Sorry, to, guys. That's all right. Um, lo- you would lose access to most of your slots once you implemented a multi card setup. Yeah, plus to. to you know, get with some of the top boards, you know, any of them that's capable of doing like quad SLI, you don't really have that much option for other, you know, slots to start with. Right. Yeah. But you guys know what direction I was going with that in, right? I mean, everything can be compact size down. And I think the biggest yeah, well, back te- typically, I think right now is going to be that you can make the case really kind of small because you eliminate all that crap. Because we've all seen the mini ATX boards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you've got that. Then you got the big ass power supply that's sitting there. Yeah. Well, I mean, just that's the next hurdle. The... That's the next hurdle. We got to get that down so you can downsize everything else. Right. Well, I mean, all right. Looking at that aspect, you're you're going to be if you're going to be dropping video cards and and doing the hybrid type SLI where you've got integrated and an external. You know, your power consumptions are constantly being dwindled down on on the CPU side and GPU side. You know, it's just the amount of power that it's required is going to dictate how large or how small your power supply can be. Yeah, but the power supply makers or the manufacturers are not going to like that. Who do you think the people are that drive? Do you think you really need quad S, quad? Do you really think you need quad? Do you need four video cards? Nobody needs. They're, 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 it's, a, they're, it's a selling it's a point. Contest. It's a It's a selling point. That's what they're trying to do is sell more cards. Same thing. Truthfully, guys, all of us here, and I'm, I know, Tony, because you test them on johnnyguru.com, who needs a 1,200-watt power supply? Not, not many at all, if any. Okay. <laughs> if you're running a quad SLI and you probably run four hard drives and you're burning... You know, a thousand maybe DVDs, so you can sell them on right. the black market. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> back, up, back up, back <laughs> up. 
<laughs> but or yeah, somebody, even maybe, I mean, or somebody running a server, maybe somebody who's got a you know a big ass server like GoDaddy or something. I don't know. Maybe they would use a twelve hundred watt. But I think personally, it's me, and I'll probably get my hand slapped by all the manufacturers out there. You you really don't need that big of a power well, supply. Even if you go into the server aspect, you're normally you're normally getting out of the standard ATX power supply. You're going to a server yeah. grade power yeah. supply, so that's a totally right. different game. But yeah, on on you know. It's like I saying, you pull apart, you know, the basic average Joe right now is probably going to be using anywhere from like a 400 to a 600 watt power supply that would be mm-hmm. more than plenty to handle their rig. Mm-hmm. And if you take a, a, a top quality unit, pull the cover off of it and see how big it actually is, you, you can look at it and tell that, you know, with a little more effort, they actually could drop the standard size for that grade of a power supply down a little. But, I mean... Right now, the the power supplies, you know, probably the hot market is for the the 500 to 1,000 watt range, and most of the people are buying them overscale, just to to keep them, you know, to the point where they can upgrade next year and not have to buy another power supply. Well, yeah, one of the things that I mean, just uh, from. Uh, from something that I was uh, acutely aware of, and you guys got to witness this a little bit, uh, my 620-watt power supply, uh, beyond the fact that the little plastic switch on the back of it decided to pop off, um, when I started playing, uh, I started playing a... Uh, uh, oh, shoot, what was it? Um, Medal of Honor. And I was, and I just got a new video card as a 6870, and I had that game maxed out to the nines, anti-aliasing, anisotropic filtering, you know, it just, just thing was beautiful, beautiful game. And every time I hit a certain scene, my entire computer would shut down, boom, at 620 watts. Wow. All right. What what was so, your running hardware wise? Uh, I'm running a, uh, a 975 Extreme Edition Intel uh, i7 processor. I'm running 8 gigs, I think, 8 gigs of memory. Um, SSD, two hard drives, a 6870, uh, Zonar DX sound card, and an optical drive. Maybe you just had an inferior... What? Power supply or weak I'm power sure. supply? It was well. I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna throw a vendor. The, the one the, the switch went bad on. Yes. Okay, that that's the problem. Yeah. The, not naming see. names. We don't need mm-hmm. to get any names thrown out there, but that is the problem. Right. Um, if if you jump to the next grade up, mm-hmm. you won't have that problem. Right. Well, and, I'm, and I'm I running have. equivalent. I'm I'm running the equivalent of what you're running right now with mm-hmm. my rig. Mm-hmm. On a 750 watt uh, Corsair unit, and I know damn well I'm not even coming close. Yeah. Well, see, one of the things, one of the interesting, one of the neat, or not interesting things, but neat things that I've done is I've noticed out on Newegg, and I would, and Tony, I would really appreciate you looking at this and tell me how accurate it is. They actually have a power supply calculator out there on their website to where you can type in, you know, this is the processor that I have, this is the type of motherboard that I have. Um, 
these are the number of hard drives that I'm going to put into it. This is the number of memory I'm going to pop. This is the amount of memory I'm going to populate. This is the type of video card I'm going to put. And then it'll tell you, bam, you need a yeah. power supply that will give you this amount of power. All right. And in, in general, just to sum that up real quick, in general, most of your power supply calculators out there mm-hmm. are going off of peak values. So when you're building a system and, and all right, Newegg knows, all right, the, the processor's going to take this amount of power, the video card's going to take up to this amount of power, the mm-hmm. hard drives are going to consume this amount, mm-hmm. very rarely will you have all of those components pulling that much power at one given time. And it's normally you're looking at the, oh, the, the max across the board, so if, if you wanted to be really technical, you would shoot for that. But the, the best idea is, to, is from, from my point of view, is, is to look around at other guys that you know that have equivalent hardware to what you're looking at mm-hmm. and get an idea of what they're running and what they're saying. Because I normally shoot for, when I do a build, I normally shoot for about anywhere from like a, a 65 to 75%, 80% load rating. So if I'm going to run a 500-watt system, I want my power supply to peak its efficiency at 500 watts. So you'd be looking at, you know, like a, a 650 would be mm-hmm. your target power supply then. But, uh, yeah, Dwayne just linked in Skype. Um, oh, I got to pull the site up before I murder the name. Uh, Extreme Outer Vision, their power supply calculator is one of the most current, most updated uh, calculators there is if you want to go with a calculator like that that would be the one I would tell you to use um, okay. I used I used to keep one on Johnny Guru we used to have one on Modders Inc and it's just so hard to keep updated by yourself with all the new products coming out you got to stay on top of you know what the, what each of them draw for power but uh, yeah you know the the best thing to do is I'm gonna say hit johnnyguru.com Post up what you're thinking of, you know, as far as specs-wise and kind of where you're leaning on manufacturers. And any of the guys there that come back with a reply are going to be knowledgeable enough and give you a really good estimate of what range you need to be in. But, uh, you know, I, I've, I don't know. I, I've steered away from the calculators myself because they do actually go off a of peak power draws, and, and very rarely are you ever going to have everything peaking, you know, even close to your maximum. Yeah, but it's it's always safe to err on the side of caution. Right, right. And it's always better to go, to go a little little heavier than a little lower. Right. So and to, normally, if, if you're looking 50 to 100 watts, it's not going to cost you maybe 10, 15, 20 bucks more to jump up one level. Correct, yeah. And whatever you do, don't go to Newegg and hit the New egg reviews and and read every comment and jump on a twenty dollar power supply. Oh geez, yeah, you, literally you get what you pay for. Yeah, stick to the name brands. That's the best advice you can get. Stick to the name brands. Well, excellent information there, guys. Excellent. I'm gonna I'm utilizing some of it right now. I'm on that that power supply calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm looking. I'm interested. Okay. Um. Well. Um. On a on a side note, on a more personal note, uh, just for all of you out there, and I know uh, I think I heard um, Bill out at MNPC Tech talking about this. Um, Defiant, 
pretty much a, 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 I don't want to call him a grandfather, but I want to call him a, a visionary of case modding that did go. a lot of influence. He put a lot of influence into what case modding is today. Uh, he's out of Australia, and I would highly recommend you go out and take a look at some of his work if you haven't seen it before. Uh, we have uh, a lot of his stuff up on modersinc.com. Um, but uh, I tracked him down, kind of like a stalker, and hopefully I didn't creep him out too badly. <laughs> um, uh, he's alive and uh, he's healthy. Um, I got a little email. I'm going to read a couple blurbs, blurbs from here real quick. Uh, I got this uh, back in uh, January, uh, January 25th of 2011. Um, it seems that... Uh, I can't seem to find the time to get into the garage and mod. Life, work, and family have all changed. It's still nice to get on the forums and have a look around and see the community is still strong. Uh, uh, he says, pass on my best to old friends over there, please, mate. I look forward to catching up with everyone on the scene again soon. So, Defiant, a.k.a. Luke St. Clair, is alive and well and living his good life in Australia and hopefully we'll get to see him around here sometime soon so uh, uh, but I would highly recommend that if any of you out there who are new to the modding scene uh, want to gain some inspiration go look up Defiance Mods D-E-F-Y-A-N-T was how he spelled his name you can do a search on the web and you will find more inspiration than you could probably shake a stick at yeah I know that he was really critical in a lot of stuff that I uh, in, in influencing a lot of stuff that I did. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the rest of the guys here probably feel something similar with some of the work that Defiant did. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think so. uh, some of his older mods and stuff still inspire everybody today. Yeah. I'm sure. That, yeah, that kind of stands... That, that that's, that's telling when you have a mod that's a couple of years old that still stands the test of time today in regards to a good mod. Absolutely. Well, guys, you got anything else you want to add in here? Anything that we missed? Uh, uh, something you think somebody else might want to talk about? No, I think I'm pretty much talked out. I can't think of nothing else at the moment. I'm good, buddy. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm good, buddy. I'm good. All of you out there that have downloaded the podcast and are listening, right? we want to thank you for listening. Uh, we want to thank you for your support of Modders, Inc., your, your activity in the forums, and uh, your general vigilance in being modders. We thank you for that, and we hope that we can add something to your life as much as we gain from you. So if you want to, you can look us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube by searching Modders, Inc. That's all one word, M-O-D-D-E-R-S-I-N-C. If you have any questions or comments, please head over to the site and post them uh, in the podcast section of the forums. Things that you want us to talk about, things that we didn't talk about, maybe some things that we talked about that you need some additional clarification on. Put them in right there. Uh, you can also leave a voicemail at our Google voicemail. Uh, the phone number is 623-252-0156. That's 623-252-0156. And we'll try and put your questions on the air. Matter of fact, some of the questions from earlier in the show from uh, Sharkbite uh, actually came off of that. So um, check out... Uh, modders-inc.com modders-inc you guys know the site uh, for the latest on case modding hardware and more so with that Vic take us out buddy modding ain't it cool <laughs>